Good morning, saints.
Thank you. Before I dismiss the classes, um, I, I just uh, remembered uh, when I was talking to Brother Chuck yesterday, uh, he said to pray for them. They're, he's meeting with a gentleman who is kind of a, how, how would I say, he's, a, he's head of a branch of the government that is, uh, I guess, more or less helps indigenous groups, uh, whether they you know, be whatever uh, religious affiliation, to be able to um, be financed either to build or to buy or whatever. And he's meeting with them, I believe, this week sometimes. So he said, pray for me, he said, because he called me up and, and uh, I don't know, he met him a few times, but he said, I, uh, he said he wants to talk to me and he said, so I'm going to uh, present him with a proposal to, if he would somehow help us to be able to purchase property either in Portage or, in Portage or Perry. So or he said, either purchase existing property or even build, he said, because they've been known to do that. So I'm trying to remember the gentleman's name, but he said, pray for them. I forgot all about that. When he when he asked for that, so uh, pray for Brother Chuck that this could happen with him in his meeting. So he said this is a big deal for us. He said because normally he said we don't nobody ever gets a chance to be able to meet with this gentleman. He said but we have a ch chance to meet with him. So and the other thing is uh, some uh, sometime this week whenever uh, we can schedule time, we do need help with the garden. As far as certain things that have to be done, and we, we need to call on all of you that are able to help uh, taking care of certain things, and, and it'll be a few hours work, about two hours work. So anybody but that can, you get off work and, and uh, can lend a hand with the garden out there, uh, please do your best to try to come in and help us with that, with the garden, so. And then, and I already announced it about the sale this week. Amen. Those things. So, with that being said, all your classes can be dismissed this morning. So, you're dismissed to your respective classes. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And we're already coming into September. <laughs> Crazy. It's good to see Michael here again. Good to see Michael with us this morning. I looked out and I see him and I was like, Amen. Always good to see people come. To worship the Lord with us. Let me find my. Here. I thought I put my... It's good to see everybody. I had to wind down a little bit after all the activities. I had a good time. And all the pictures and all the posts. And started out my day early and I was getting out there to do my yard work and I was gonna, I 
got started about 7.30, but right before I was getting ready to go outside, I received several texts and a phone call, and it's just like, okay, people wishing me happy birthday. That was nice. When I started out early, it just seemed like all day yesterday, and of course last night, my wife was showing me some of the uh, messages she got from some of the people we know, and wishing me happy birthday. So again, I want to say thank you very much. Amen for that good time. Good food, good fellowship. Hallelujah. I was just amazed at some of the pictures that they dug up for those centerpieces. I haven't seen those in a long time. I've seen some of those. I said, wow. Somebody had to go dig around in the archives for some of those pictures. They were from a while, from long ago. And I was trying to remember some of them. Some of them I, I could remember the time they were taken. And uh, something, be able to see those pictures again. See your life in pictures. And see how much you've really changed over the years. I think it's pretty evident we're all heading down that road. There's nothing we can do to change it. You just have to accept it. As I always say, go with the flow, especially if the flow is a good flow. <laughs> just let it happen, and as one person says, to be able to, you know, I don't like to use that word, but growing old, maturing as you grow old. I guess that's the word they like to use, growing older. But when, you, when, you, when you're growing older, grow, grow older with grace. That maybe makes a big difference. And, uh, amen. So I'm just took me a while to wind down last night. And, and by the way, I just want to inform everybody. I did use my sandy cup this morning. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And I when I had my coffee this morning, I made sure to pull that out. And I was telling her last night. I said, Sandy, you should have been there. Maybe that's maybe I should have took her and she could have. Enjoy the festivities. So everyone are back. <laughs> 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 yeah, she's she's particular about who she lets in her circle of trust. As far as I know, there's only a few of us that are there. Just a few of us. Amen. So we appreciate that, everybody. Amen. So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to turn with me to the book of uh, the Song of Solomon, chapter 3. It's, it's something to, just to be able to, <laughs> my mind, uh, my thoughts, and trying to... Uh, Pay attention to what I feel like the Lord is laying on my heart. And uh, so that's what I was doing. And obviously going over my notes. And, uh, and at the same time, <laughs> here comes the Lord and starts speaking to me about something some other things not pertaining to what we're doing this morning, but some other things that obviously 
he wants to get our attention with and, and there it was and I was just like oh wow okay I got I have two messages coming in at the same time that's something it's hard to explain that but that's something <laughs> so I'm glad my mind is in a place that it can operate like that it's kind of I'm not a multitasker by any means but if your mind is in a place where the Lord can speak to you that's good and you can be sensitive to his his word and his inspiration uh, did I give you a chapter? Three, three. chapter 3 yes that's the right one verse number 6 who is this that cometh out of the wilderness like pillars of smoke perfumed with myrrh and frankincense with all powders of the merchant. That's a question. Obviously, by the question mark you see at the end of it. It's a question that is asked. A question that is asked. Who is this? Who is this? Wherever this person is, As the scripture says, this person's coming out of the wilderness. You look at that and, and one of the first things that you can probably in your mind you'll go to if you think about this, if you think about you know what this, this whole book is about, the book of Song of Solomon. But when he asks this question, who is this? This person coming out of the wilderness like pillars of smoke perfumed with myrrh and Frankincense with all the powers of the merchant. Amen. And when you when you know the history of the nation of Israel and of God's people, Amen, the Jews, and your mind will probably go back to the people of Israel as they were led out of Egypt by Moses and then taken on a journey forty years to the promised land. I don't know if any of you ever even realized that, but that's one of the things that came to my mind when I was looking at the scripture and, and just kind of resorted back to the experience that they had. But obviously the question was asked, who is this? Who is this person? Who is this individual? And there's a little description about this individual. Of course, uh, coming out of the wilderness like pillars of smoke. Pillars of smoke. So obviously that was uh, something that was there when Israel was on its journey to the promised land. Of course the Lord when he led them out of Egypt, he led them out by signs and wonders. Certain, amen, things that were uh, they, they were blessed to to experience because God wanted to take them to the promised land and of course he wanted them to be delivered from their enemies and that's what he did so certain things he came in and he intervened and he gave them favor in what he did because obviously they shouldn't have made the journey from where they were and to the to the crossing of the Red Sea in the short amount of time that they made it 
the journey should have taken them longer, but God boosted him up. And the Bible says he lifted him up on eagle's wings. So there was that uh, confirmation of God's, amen, favor with them. God helped them supernaturally. It's good to have supernatural Amen. Assistance. Supernatural help. You and I all need that. We always need that every day. Amen. We, we, that's the only kind of help I guess we, we need right now in this day and hour we're living is supernatural help. God's favor, God's grace. But he, He's talking about it here. Uh, coming out of the wilderness like pillars of smoke. Of course, the pillar of a cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And there it was in their presence. And man, that would, to me, that would be something to see every day. Yes. Come out of your tent and look, first thing you look toward the tabernacle and there, lo and behold, that great big pillar of a cloud. I mean, that would definitely lift my spirit. Amen. That would definitely enlarge my heart knowing that, praise God, we're not alone. We're not in this journey alone because God's with us. Obviously, there's a confirmation right there that His presence is with us. Then at nighttime, going to bed, all you would see was the glow and ember of that pillar of fire. Woo! My, my, my. We were talking about that when Brother Javier was here. I think it was Brother Richie that brought that up. Uh, about what we experienced in Denver when we were having revival and uh, people were at the altar praying and as people were being blessed there at the altar when people were coming up to the altar praying <clears throat> several of them noticed something on the ceiling it was like a reflection of something you looked up and almost it was like the reflection if you seen uh, a fire burning and you seen the reflection of that light of the fire burning off of a surface you would see that just kind of, and that's what you, that's what they, people seen over the altar. They seen that like like the ceiling was reflecting a fire that was burning somewhere down on the floor. Obviously, the Lord was doing the work, and so you had that confirmation. Of course, what was going on in there? All kinds of, you know, the spirit moving and people receiving the Holy Ghost and, Amen. Miracles happening. Devils being cast out, people being healed. We experience it every now and then. Hits this congregation every now and then. <clears throat> but in that revival, it was almost like it was happening just like it was something that just, it was normal. Walk into church and here comes this. <laughs> Here comes a move of God, and you see something happen, you see a miracle, a notable, notable miracle happen. And and you experience that, and you see it, and you go, wow, that's amazing. But that, to me, that was, when you think about when he's asking this question, uh, who is this that cometh out of the wilderness, like pillars of smoke. Pillars of smoke. Miracles, signs, and wonders. Miracles, signs, and wonders. How many of you realize this? Like I said, we're not just any 
religious entity. And I, I, I don't say anything, I say in judgment. I'm, I'm not saying that because we're no better than anybody. Really. The only thing that makes a difference with the church and with us being the church is, is the presence of God that we experience or as a result of the presence of God that we experience there are certain things that are evident there because of his presence certain things that are there and that's what's indicated by the pillars of smoke miracles signs and wonders so we're the church that has the amen the the confirmation or the existence of miracles, signs, and wonders. Amen. As somebody once said, talking to a, a Pentecostal, so you're the church that is the miracle, signs, and wonders church. Amen. Oh, yes, we are. Amen. Yes. Right. That's right. You cannot separate our experience, what God has given us, our, our born-again experience. You cannot separate what God's put in us as a result of filling us with the Holy Ghost. Right. So we are the church of the miracles, signs, and wonders. I hope we believe that with all our heart. Because <laughs> it's really something to think that some, even in our ranks, don't look at us that way no more. They don't believe we're that church anymore. We're just like everybody else. Well, that's what they say. Right. That's what they believe. Right. And they, they want their experience to be just that. That's the extent of their faith, that everything is, you know. But that's not, that's not who we are. So who is this that's coming out of the wilderness? You think about it. Coming out of the wilderness. Like pillars of smoke. It's going to be evident. There's going to be evidence of who this, amen, person is. Who this, amen, church is. Because that's what he's speaking about. Remember in the book of Acts when they were when Stephen was, amen, witnessing to all those that uh, stoned him. He said, this is the church that came out of the wilderness. Right. Speaking about Moses and everything that he did. This is that church. And amen, reflecting on Amen. Not just the covenant of Moses, but the New Testament. This is that church coming out of the wilderness. That's who we are. That's who the church of the living God is. That's who we are. That's our identity. But the thing is, is we have to be able to really realize and understand. Amen. That's who we really are. Who is this? Who is this? Perfumed with myrrh and frankincense. Perfumed with myrrh and frankincense. Let me share a memory with you. I know I've shared it before. I remember walking into a service one evening. And when we walked into the church, the vestibule, because it was almost a setup like this where you come in on the the door was situated here, of course, bigger doors, you come into the vestibule, and then you come into the sanctuary, it's big, you know, the vestibule is a lot bigger than what we have here, but 
And I remember walking into the doors of the church and you walk into the doors of the church and as people were coming in, as they were flocking in and going in, coming in the entryway, everybody began to, what's that? What's that smell? Do you smell it? Yeah, what is that smell? And it, it was just such a sweet aroma, fragrance. Where is it coming from? As we walked into the vestibule and right before going into the sanctuary, that, that smell was more prominent than when it was when you entered the doors. It was, it was strong and it was a lingering smell. Everybody's looking around like, where is that coming from? Obviously. <laughs> First thing in your mind is somebody come in here and... But that wasn't the case. That wasn't the case. The only reason why we experienced that, the only reason why we smelt it was because the presence of the Lord was there so strong and so powerfully that we smelt His fragrance. You know, you read in the Old Testament when they, when they, uh, when the Lord was gave all the instructions to Moses about building the tabernacle and all the furniture, everything that you know was was connected to that, and then even the the anointing oil, even the perfume, <clears throat> he gave specific commandments on how it was to be made, and everything that was, you know, that they used in it. And of course, this was not supposed to be given or shared with anybody because this was the Lord's perfume. Amen. We all like a certain smell or a certain aroma. Huh? Splash on a certain cologne or a certain perfume. There's one that just seems to we just seem to be comfortable with them. Oh man, that's that's a beautiful fragrance. Why do we put on beautiful fragrances, by the way? <laughs> Obviously. <clears throat> that's a good question. But we all like beautiful fragrances. I like where the Bible talks about it in the same book, Song of Solomon, when that breeze or that wind blows over his garden. There's a certain aroma that seems to come from that garden as the wind blows over. And it blows that aroma to where people can smell his garden. What a beautiful, beautiful scent it must be because it attracts people. What's he talking about? The church. When the, when the Spirit of God just blows over the congregation into that garden and what happens, how it ministers to us and how it, amen, it moves us and it brings out really what He wants to bring out in us as far as His, <clears throat> His goodness in us. What's going to happen? There's going to be a beautiful aroma that's going to, amen, be emitted from us because He's blowing upon His garden. That's what happens. A lot of times we don't realize that's the move of the Holy Ghost. Right. The move of the Holy Ghost. We're all together when the Lord moves in the midst of God's people. Guess what? Beautiful things, amen, can be experienced. And there's a beautiful aroma that seems to, amen, come 
as a result of the moving of God's spirit. Hallelujah. You think about that. You think about that. Perfumed. Perfumed. We're perfumed. <laughs> With myrrh and frankincense. With all powders of the merchant. Here's, a, here's something interesting. When Jesus was born, and when those wise men seen that star, and so they, because of, you know, I believe their, their knowledge of certain prophecy, they realized something about this was mentioned, and so they begin to follow that star. They begin to seek that star and follow that star. So in the course of time, it finally led them to where Jesus was. And it wasn't in the major. <laughs> like, like everybody likes to believe. It Actually, that journey took them almost two years to get there. From the first time they seen it to the time they got to where he was. And the Bible says he wasn't wrapped in swaddling clothes. He was a young child. Yeah, right. So in other words, he had to be about the age of two, maybe three years old. So he was a young child. And what did they come? And they presented him with gifts. With gold and frankincense and myrrh. Gifts that are beholding to a king. So that's what they did. They came, they presented him with them gifts, and there they were. So the Bible says, perfume was what? Myrrh and frankincense. And with all powders of the merchants, wow. the best gifts any person can receive, the best gifts, are you listening to me? Amen. The best gifts that any person can receive. So who is this person coming out of the wilderness with pillars of smoke, signs and wonders, and perfume with frankincense and myrrh and with all powders of the merchants, the best gifts anybody could receive. So who is he talking about? Obviously, he's talking about the church. He has gifted the church. He has gifted you and I with the best gifts. The Bible says he led captivity captive and he turned around and he gave gifts unto men. So here, here we are, the church. Like I said, we're different. And our difference is going to be noticeable. It's going to be a noticeable difference. You know, compared to compared to uh, a lot of the different 
entities, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'll say entities, organizations that are out there. And any anyone that uh, has some kind, kind of claim to Jesus Christ. There's a lot of there's a lot of different beliefs. They all, you know, obviously acknowledge the scripture to some extent. They'll not they acknowledge the scripture. And they all extract from it certain tenets of faith and doctrine. What they feel like is necessary for them to believe and to stand on. What they want to embrace as, you know, in a sense, Christianity. What they believe Christianity is all about. So there's so many of them out there. And I think about, you know, what the scripture says in the book of Isaiah about the seven women that stated, we will eat our own bread. Hmm? We will do what we want to do. But only let us be called by thy name. Amen. Only let us be called by thy name. Seven of them. Seven women. So you think about this. Because the church is likened to a woman. She's the bride of Christ. But there's only one bride. There's only one bride. And the thing about it is, we're distinct from any other. And why is it? Because, amen, as his bride, we're very noticeable to the world. We're even noticeable to all these other bodies or entities that try to lay claim to Jesus. Why is it? It's because of what's going before us. Pillars of smoke. And we're perfumed (laughs) with all the powders of the merchant. So when we look at, when we look at in a sense that way, that's the majority. That's the majority. So if that's the majority, then what does that mean about the church? We're the minority. (laughs) Minority. Obviously, the smaller of two groups. We're the minority. You think about that. Think about that. And uh, You know, the, the Bible says in Matthew 7... 13 and 14 it says enter ye in at the straight gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction many there be which go in there at because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth or yeah leadeth unto life and few there be that find it 
Now, when you look at this passage of scripture, it's given between these two gates, and then we always seem to relegate it to the first portion, the, 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 the wide gate. We always tend to relegate it to the world, but it's not really talking about the world. It's talking about religion. It's talking about the religion of men. And when we understand this and we see, because obviously he was, amen, pinpointing what he was experiencing, his, his connection or his confrontation with the religious leaders of his day. And obviously everything that uh, they were throwing at him as far as, you know, what they were, what, what they stood upon. And he always came back with words that, you know, when he was speaking to them, in essence, he said, you teach for commandments, the commandments of men. Amen. So in other words, he wasn't really thrilled about what it was that they were even trying to somehow persuade him. But then he realized this. And so in his day, he battled with religious spirits. People that were persuaded, amen, in their minds by religion. Remember, amen, the, the definition of religion is this. Religion has nothing to do with God. Religion is based upon what men, amen, think about God. And their relationship with God. It's not a, amen, a relationship that's based upon the mind of God and how we interact with God. So religion is not of God. Religion came from the mind of man. It's their perception of God and it's their perception of what they think or how they feel you should approach or believe in God. So obviously he fought with this and he was something that he, <clears throat> we deal with it in our day, don't we? Amen. <laughs> so he said, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate. That gate is a wide gate. And broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in there at. I think we would probably refer to this as easy believism. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Exactly. Amen. Wow. That's what it is. Easy believism. Amen. You can believe what you want to believe. Right. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine, but that's not God's. That's not God's stand on it. I can't remember who sings that song. One of the famous gospel groups, contemporary gospel groups. But in the song, the lyric says, it's not that he should, uh, that we should receive him. He should receive us. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We don't have to. You know, we're not of, 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 the, of the mind that, hey, are we going to accept him? <laughs> are we going to accept him see that's what makes us so unique it's kind of quiet in here this morning but I'm just trying to <clears throat> get you to understand something 
It's not that we should accept him. It's that, it's, it's that he should accept us. Because he provided, he, he was the sacrifice. He provided atonement. We need to accept what he has done for us. And so when it comes to actually coming to that place of realizing and understanding, that's what he said. Enter ye in at the straight gate. He gave us an admonition as to enter in at the straight gate. Did you realize something? It's really not that easy to enter into the kingdom of God. Are you listening to me? The straight gate is a narrow gate. In comparison to the the wide gate, the broad gate, the straight gate is a, is a narrow gate. So when you study the word as far as what he's talking about, the straight gate, there's obviously going to be in that particular place. Some, it's, it's restrictive. So if you want to get through that gate, guess what? Guess what? You're going to have to exert some kind of force to get there. Amen. Amen. That's right. Amen. It reminds me of uh, running cross country in high school. You get to the finish line and they have a the finish line is not a big long finish line with a big long ribbon running through it. It was a little chute, maybe it wasn't as wide as this right here, maybe a little narrow. It was a little chute and if you wanted to you know, come in first place, you had to cross the finish line, you had to run down that little chute. <laughs> so in other words, if you were running by another runner, you had to somehow maneuver yourself where you can get through there because that chute was only wide to receive even so much space. So there you were, you ran and did what you could to get down that chute. And if you, if you got there first, woo! That was something. But what made you want to get there first? You seen the size of it and you said, man, we're not going to fit. <laughs> so what do I have to do? I have to exert myself a little bit more so that I can fit into that gate, that chute going down there. Amen. So that my place can be counted. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. That's what it says. Enter in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate. And, and here's the thing about it. That word obstacle comes into place. Because there may be some obstacles that are going to stand in front of you. You ever notice this? Why is it so hard for people to stay in church? Right. Wow. And why is it that when people come to hear the truth, why is it they only come maybe once or twice? I don't think it's anything that you and I have done, hopefully not. But I just think that they, they, they don't realize. They think in, 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 human, in the human mind, they want this thing to be easier than what it is. But when the Word of God comes and we hear the truth and we realize, hey, this is not really what it's like. Guess what? People don't want to hear that. There's actually more, amen, to be involved. If you want to be a Christian, there's more things to be involved in than you really realize. And when the Word of God is opened up to you, you go, wow, I didn't know that. 
I thought it was, oh, praise God. Right. Say the sinner's prayer, man, I'm in. Sign that, put my name on the roll. Everybody's just happy. I'm saved. I remember talking to a, a lady one time. She was talking to me about her experience, and at least she had the the humility and the ear to hear what the Lord was saying to her, because she was talking about her conversion. She was talking about, you know, of course, she was bound in all manner of sin, like we all are. And when she finally realized that she needed to turn her life over to the Lord, she said, I just, in my own apartment, she said, I just got down on my hands and knees and I asked the Lord to forgive me because I was a wicked person. So she said, I cried and I said, Lord, please forgive me for my sin. For all the sin that I ever committed against you, Lord, forgive me for when I, when I offended others, Lord, for the person I, I was. She said, forgive me. She said, you know what happened? She said, I felt so good. I felt this feeling come over me and all the heaviness was lifted. She said, I experienced that. Never felt it before in my life. She said, tears came out of my eyes. I cried. She said, I realized something. I'm saved. God saved me. So I said, I believe what you're saying is true. You felt forgiveness. You felt that burden being lifted from off of you. Huh? Because you sincerely repented. You asked the Lord to forgive you. So what did he do? He forgave you. And so you felt that forgiveness. You felt that relief. I said, but guess what? That's not full salvation. And she said, what do you mean? I said, you repented. Right. You sincerely repented. So what's the next step? I said, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of those sins. And you need to receive the Holy Ghost. She said, I didn't know that. I said, yes. So I showed her the scripture. She said, wow. So she said, I want to be baptized in Jesus' name then. So obviously that good feeling that so many experience when they come to repentance as the Enoch said to Philip how could I understand except some man show me and I know there's a lot of them that have that had that experience that feeling of forgiveness and that lady that weight is just lifted up. Man, you do feel good, don't you? Yes. He's exactly. like, wow. Yes. So anyway, he, he, he's speaking about that because straight is the gate and narrows way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. So, so many of them are going down the broad way. You ever, you ever wonder about, what, you know, you go down, well, Yankton, when you go down to Yankton, do we have a Broadway here? We do. Yes, we have a Broadway. In Lower Earl, or 
the low, the lower. Okay, yeah, down. That's where it is. Low, the Broadway. You ever wonder why people name streets the Broadway? You go to Yankton, this Broadway. We used to drive down Broadway when we lived in Denver, Colorado. Of course, New York has a Broadway. Why? Why? Why is it? There's certain reasons why people name a street the Broadway or Broadway. Why is it? So that could be a, a place that a lot of people can access and travel freely. Yeah, all, everything on there. The Broadway. They want you to take it. <laughs> it's easier. It's easier for you to access and easier for you to travel on. Huh? Easier. That kind of seems like the mentality of the world, we like things easier, yep. Huh? Yep. faster, yep. hallelujah, yep. faster. People want to do things faster. They want their experiences to be faster. Huh? Went through McDonald's one time. I ordered a quarter pounder. Oh man, they got it done. We got an order. Sister Betty and I, this was a few months back. We got home. My wife started saying, check the list, make sure they got it. Well, they had everything on there. So just when I opened up my burger and I was going to enjoy that, guess what? I bit into my burger and lo and behold, my my patty was even, wasn't even cooked all the way. Really pink. And I said, this is unacceptable. I said, I don't like eating raw meat. Well, if it's really meat, I don't know. <laughs> so guess what I did? I got a hold of him. I said, "Hey, you know what?" And and I said, uh, I, "I ordered and I, and I and I said, you know what? Uh, your burgers are never cooked. I like my burgers cooked." I said, "This one was raw. That's that wasn't good. So I'm just letting you know." Of course, the person on the other end really didn't like it. But the but the whole reason is was why? Because they want to get it to you faster. Everything wants to be done so quick and so, amen. So you can get your, so you can you can be happy getting it real fast. But some things, guess what? That just seems to be our a quick fix. Yes, that's right. So I hope you haven't come to get a quick fix. Right, right. Because sometimes you might, if you don't get it this service, you might have to come back to the next service. There you go. God will take care of it for you. you Can't get a quick fix. Right. That feel good feeling. Mm. Think about that. Who is this? So we're so we're kind of in a sense we're we're a minority. But guess what? This minority. This minority is marked with the pillars of smoke and frankincense and myrrh and powders those gifts that are there and here comes the church coming out of the wilderness and there she is she's definitely noticeable and she definitely stands on her own My, my, my. 
Paul said this in Ephesians 4, verses 4 through 6. You're all familiar with this. There's one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. One body. One body. So you think about it. There's one body. I remember asking the question when I, when we were taking Bible studies and and you know when I when we first started going to church and I, when I first started coming to church, my wife finally persuaded me and I went. And, but one of the things that I I was uh, one of the questions that I asked to the people that were these these two uh, gentlemen uh, from from the church from the Loving Way Church was and <clears throat> something in my mind that was in the back of my mind because I was thinking about it. Of course, I, we were raised up in a denominational church and uh, we belonged to that all our lives. Never really attended any other church other than that church. So I guess I was faithful to that church. <laughs> until the day I was excommunicated but one thing that always crossed my mind is was all these different churches that were there and I remember in the small town of White River of course there was the Episcopal Church there was a two Roman Catholic Church one for the white congregation and one for the Native American congregation wow. The Nazarene Church and the, of course it was a Baptist church, but they called it the Lakota Chapel, the Methodist Church, and what was the other one? I think that was it. Oh, Lutheran, yeah, the Lutheran Church. There you go. Oh, hey, don't let me forget the Mormon Church. Um, I know I'm probably forgetting one. But here were all these churches, and in the back of my mind, when, when they were giving us these Bible studies, so the, the thing that came to my mind was, I, I asked the person giving the Bible study, and I said, how come there are different churches? Why are there different churches? And he said, well, he said, well, let me tell you what the scripture teaches. He said, there's only one church. And I said, whoop. Really? Yes, there is. So then here comes my question. Well, where did all these other churches come from? Why are they there? So I got a history lesson. A detailed history lesson. And after I got that detailed history lesson, I was thinking to myself, my, that's amazing. There is one, only one body. There is only one spirit. That's right. And there's only one hope of your calling. Right. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. You think about that. <laughs> We're in the minority. I never realized this. In 1 John chapter 5, verse number 19 and 20, it says, And you know that 
we are of God. Now this is the Apostle John speaking. One of the last remaining original 12 apostles. And he makes a statement. How do we know? <laughs> What's our... <clears throat> how do we verify? What's our verification? How do we know? He says, we know that we are of God. So obviously he's making a statement here. We, we, who is he speaking about? Obviously the church, the disciples, the apostles. We are of God. And the whole world lieth in wickedness. The whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true and we are in him that is true even in his son Jesus Christ this is the true God and eternal life so we know that we are God because we believe in his son Jesus we believe and that's what you and I understand we believe that God became a man We believe in him, even in his son Jesus. So he, he makes the he makes the, the 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 comment about when we believe in Jesus and, and understand who he is. This one God came to earth, robed himself in flesh for three for thirty-three and a half years. Robed himself in flesh. Spirit became flesh. And all the disciples understood this. Even though, amen, unbelief sometimes seemed to, amen, they used to battle. So the obvious questions were, were asked. Lord, show us the Father. And we'll be satisfied if you show us who the Father is. So obviously in the back of their mind, they, you know, that little doubt and unbelief. And, but, but look what he's doing. Look at everything that he's doing. He's a man, but look at all the things that are happening. Right. Show us the Father, and it will suffice us. We'll be satisfied once you show us who the Father is. Well, haven't I been with you for such a long time? Right. Don't you know that when you've seen me, you've seen the Father? Yeah. So you're looking at the Father. So, so obviously, John was using this as as their understanding that amen that we are in him that is true even in his son jesus christ why is it because when you know the son you're going to know the father right and we're in him this is the true god and eternal life That's kind of something, you know, I was, I was thinking about this and I was thinking, Lord, obviously a lot of you people know this to, you know, pretty much know this and this is, this is something that they're pretty well acquainted with. And I thought, wow, why is it? And of course, maybe, maybe we lack a little bit of 
scriptural knowledge concerning what it is. But remember, don't forget. <clears throat> don't forget who you are. Don't forget that we are the minority. Because there's not a lot of people that believe this way. That's right. Compared to all the other. Okay? So you think about that. And and as Paul said in First Corinthians chapter one, right on verse number twenty six, he said, For ye See your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Hallelujah. <laughs> Obviously, Paul came to some kind of understanding. Obviously, by his experience and what he's seen, even his determination against the church, using his background, using his upbringing, using his knowledge of the word. Of course, you know his testimony. He said, everything I counted that, you know, everything that I know I've counted, but done, but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ and everything that, you know, that he thought would benefit him in his, in his understanding and relationship with God was really nothing because they didn't really know him. But he said this. He said, not many, not many wise men after the flesh. After the flesh. So all those that are intellectual. I know a lot of different people that can quote scriptures like crazy. But you know what? They're doing it from intellect. Right. Not from experience. Right. Not from relationship. I remember one time quoting a scripture just in rebuttal, just to try to you know, defend the truth. and I, I missed one word. And, Aha! See? <laughs> I said, well, yeah, yes. My mind may not be that sharp, but I'm glad I'm full with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, right. <laughs> How come you can't understand what, what I know God's given to me? How come you can't realize and understand that Jesus Christ is God manifested in the flesh? Yes. That's right. So not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Why is that? He says, he says that no flesh should glory in his sight. So that kind of, you and I kind of come to that place of, let me tell you something, everything that we do, we, we do it because we're going to humble ourselves. No flesh should glory in his sight. We don't need that kind of Amen. That kind of mentality, that kind of experience, that kind of understanding. We're going to humble ourselves Amen. to Him. Hallelujah. Amen. So He says this, First uh, Timothy chapter two, verses four and five. <clears throat> Who will have all men to be saved, come to the knowledge of the truth. 
For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So we believe that. So we understand that. Of course, the Apostle Peter reaffirms this in what he said in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward and not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Hallelujah. I believe that's really literally important for us to understand. I think a lot of people are coming to that place of understanding. Searching, seeking, trying to understand God in a perfect way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is a good scripture, and I think about this in Revelation 22, 17. And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is athirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. My, my, my. If God is extending that invitation to all those who would come into, amen, the hearing of his word. So there is that definite, significant difference. Even though the world would try to persuade that, no, it's that's not how it is. You can believe how you want to believe. Amen. Matthew 7, chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, it says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate. And I, I read that already. Okay. Broad is the way. So Exodus 23, 2. Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so you think about that. You think about that. Don't follow after the crowds, in other words. I always remember when we sent our kids to public school, and that was one thing I guess I was kind of reluctant to do because I, I knew how people are, you know, they do not know, they're ignorant concerning, you know, scripture. At that particular time, that's when all that deal with was going down there in Waco, Waco Texas. Remember uh, David Koresh? <clears throat> and all that was happening and so right away they wanted to identify our kids with the Waco people and saying we were a cult and all this but they didn't really understand didn't realize it just seems like when you're put in that 
position, and I, I'm, say, I'm saying this all to you young people that have to go to school, there's a few of you in here that go to school, and you're in a, in a position being in public school, so where you're gonna be ridiculed and where you're gonna be persecuted just because you're different, you look different, you don't, you don't uh, swear like they swear. You don't talk like they talk. You're respectful. Huh? You're not forward. Huh? You don't talk with any kind of slang. <laughs> Seems like that's what you see out there. Everything that makes the so-called younger generation hip or whatever they call it, cool or, or what's the word they use? Bad. You're bad, man. And so here's the thing. Here's the thing. It takes more strength and more humility to stand against that kind of opposition, that kind of ridicule, that kind of persecution, when they can say all kinds of things because there's not anybody there that believes like you do. But here you are, you have to stand your ground. So what do we do? Are we, are we going to be influenced? You know, I made the statement when I got the Holy Ghost, I got the Holy Ghost in my early 20s, I made this statement after what I experienced and, and what I felt that day. I mean, I tell you what, it was overwhelming. And so I made the statement just talking to the Lord one day. Lord, I wish I was filled with the Holy Ghost earlier on in my life. You think about it. How would that have impacted you? Influenced you? I wish I would have. I wouldn't have made a lot of stupid mistakes. And that's how I was seeing it. I wouldn't have done a lot of the things that I... You know what? I probably would have finished my college career when I started in 76. I was supposed to graduate in 1980. But guess what happened? Sin got in my way. And so I made that comment. I said, Lord, I wish I would have got the Holy Ghost sooner. And you know what? He came. He fired right back to me. Well, I've saved you when you needed to be saved. Right. That's right. But the things that, I want you to understand this, because that's a burden I carry for all the young people when you're, when you're in that position. Praise God. Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. Don't do what everybody else is doing. You don't have to. And if you would turn the page on them and say, hey, why don't you follow me? Praise God. You know, I was raised by, raised by my grandparents, and of course my parents. They never allowed us to cuss or nothing. We did. And that was my mom. Slapped. Never, never cussed. I remember... Uh, a guy came to my dad. My dad is a mechanic. And he brought his car over after my dad got off of work. He brought his car over so my dad could look at it. And there he was. 
So he bought his car over and we were sitting out there. And I always liked to hang around with my dad when he did stuff. So there I was and the guy opens up his hood and my dad says, uh, start the engine so I can listen to us. He started the engine. And, and uh, my dad was listening to him here. He comes around the corner and he starts to say all kinds of profound, you know, cuss, just cuss like a Seder. Blah, 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 this. I didn't want to go, blah, blah, blah. He's talking about his car. And my dad said, wait a minute, Lawrence. He said, I appreciate it if you don't use that kind of language around my, my sons. I don't want you to talk like that here. My dad is a big man, tall. So Lawrence looked at him like that. Oh, sorry, Joe. He was like, But that's the way that they, so we weren't really, you know, like, to, to cuss was like, don't you dare. Amen. Because if you did, people say, oh, that's abuse. No, it's not. <laughs> they were trying to keep us from. Correction. And it just seems like so many people, it's so easy for them to fall into that, you know, they expect you to do the same thing. Talk the same way. You know, I, 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 how kids understand each other, I just don't know. What you really saying? Do you even understand what they're saying? But that's what he says. Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. Don't, don't do that. Why? Because you're a minority. Don't discriminate against the minorities. That's what everybody thinks now. Well, don't discriminate against me. You have rights. Amen. I don't mean to be. I'm running out of time. I better hurry up. Luke 13, verses 23 and 24. And then said one unto him, Lord, are, are there few that be saved? <laughs> Good question. And he said unto him, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Ooh. It's coming down to the, to the place where right now in the day we're living in, it's, it's coming right down to it where, man, <clears throat> if you love God, and let me say this. Don't get offended at me. If you love God, then act like you love God. Right. Amen. Right. Amen. Right. That's right. Don't be estranged from Him. Because guess what? If you don't, if you don't seek out your own salvation with fear and trembling, if you don't really try to motivate yourself to really love God to walk before him and do the things that are pleasing to him in his sight guess what I'll just be totally frank and honest with you you're not going to make it if your exertions are nothing but half-heartedness and praise God you're you know you're, you're losing what you Allow yourself to live. Guess what? You're not going to make it. Because you have to strive. You have to exert yourself. Amen. How many of you find it hard to wake up sometimes in the morning to go to work? 
and you're battling yourself, but you know you have to go to work. Yes. You got to wake up. You got to get ready. You got to report to your job. You have to be on time. Your boss, you know, some bosses are lenient. Yes, I, you know, that's, that's good. But sometimes, you know, you get some that are just, you don't want to, you don't want to break the rules. But when it comes to the Lord, it seems like we're just kind of like, You know what the Bible says? The Lord is not slack concerning His promise. And if we would pay full attention to what the Word of God is saying and amen, how it is obviously trying to inspire us and influence and motivate us and trying to get a hold of Him. Hallelujah. Because it is challenging. Just be, just be honest with yourself. It is challenging to be a Christian. Got to get up and you have to overcome your old flesh. <laughs> this is, this is a good scripture. Uh, Matthew seven verses twenty one. That's the one I wanted to go to. The second time, twenty one through three. It says, "Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord." shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Now let's take a look at that really close. He that doeth the will. Doing God's will. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have I... Have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Ooh. So there's a lot of people that are going to be, amen, rejected, all because they did not really love God. So when he said, when he said that, when he said, knew, knew, I never you know what that's speaking about? It's your intimate relationship with God. It's your love for God. It's what you as a child of God, as a son and daughter, it's your intimate relationship with God. Remember, you have to be intimate with God. And because if you don't have that, and it doesn't make a difference, you could, be, you could come to church. You can be a part of it. You can do whatever you do. But if you're not right here, if this thing isn't connected with him, guess what? And if, if it really is, here's the, here's the thing. If you really love God, what do he say? Keep my commandments. My commandments aren't grievous. And so when it comes down to doing that, we're realizing something. That's where we come to that place of performing God's will in our lives. My wife and I were talking about that the other day. 
I can't remember how we, oh, somebody got a hold of us, I think it was, someone, somebody that we used to work with back there, and uh, just said hello, and we were talking about that. She said, you know what? Just think if we didn't obey God's voice. <laughs> I said, yeah. We'd have good jobs. We'd be making good money. Yeah. We would have probably would have been content that way, but spiritually, if we didn't obey God's will for us to come, takes a lot. Let me tell you something. I don't know if any of you ever understand this. Takes a lot to be able to humble yourself to God's will. And to do what he asked you to do, even though it means major drastic changes in your life, and you go, Ooh, what am I to do? My wife and I have hung our heads many times. You know what this means? Just to obey him and do his will. It's really quiet in here this morning. I don't know. Wow. Maybe that party took too much out of us. I don't know. <laughs> but doing the will of God. Doing the will of God. If you're not doing the will of God, you're doing your will or somebody else's will. Amen. I want you to understand that. And we can... Say all we want. We can profess all we want. That doesn't really mean anything. You're going through the motions. But if you don't perform God's will, if you don't do His will, that's the dividing factor. I realized something years ago, not recently, years ago. I realized something. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. I realize this isn't my eternal home. This is not my permanent home. I'm just a pilgrim. I'm just passing through. I'm just here temporarily. So I don't want to put down roots. That's a big that's a big something to swallow when you think about it because you want to be just like everybody else, you know. But here we are. Don't pay too too much attention to the things that you desire down here because right. they'll take away what you have up here. That's right. Amen. That's right. And so, you know, that's don't just don't many times we shed tears. Oh man. Shed tears. God help us. I'm happy to be in God's will, though. Amen. I'm happy to be in God's will. I'm content being in God's will. I'm taking care of. He said, I'll take care of you. Guess what? He kept his promise. I'm taking care of. Second huh? Corinthians 2.17, for we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. We don't corrupt the word of God. We don't corrupt the word of God. We don't corrupt it. We don't take it. We don't twist it. 
We don't apply our own opinion, our own interpretation. We don't do it. We just go by what it says. We obey. We understand. That's what we do. We don't corrupt it. We don't change it. Like the Bible says in Proverbs and at the end of Revelation, not to add to it, not to take away from it. Just leave it alone. It's like the song. Don't just leave it alone. It's God's holy word. Leave it alone. That's what we believe. We don't corrupt the word of God. We don't do any kind of manipulation as far as the scripture is concerned. We just take it at face value and say, wow, this is the way it is. Why? Because we're that minority. That's why people say, you don't have to be baptized in Jesus' name. Huh? You don't have to receive the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. But there's only one way to be saved, according to my Bible. John 3, Acts, the whole book of Acts, all the epistles reaffirm, hey, one Lord, one faith, one body, one spirit. So I've come to this this understanding, you know, I've come to this understanding to belong to this elite, because that's what it is. When when you walk in the Spirit, and, and as, I, as I said, the Scripture, who is this that coming out of the wilderness? Who is this? <clears throat> Obviously, people are going to see the church and go, wow, who, who is that? <clears throat> Like pillars of smoke. Pillars of smoke. Perfumed with frankincense and myrrh. All the merge, the merchandise of the, of, all the powders of the merchant. Who is this? Man, that, that beautiful, just there in, in her attire. Here we are. A minority. That's really something for us to understand. Jesus was saying this in the scripture, and this is my closing uh, passage, Matthew 22, verse number 14. He said, For many are called, but few are chosen. <laughs> Saints, we just need to realize and understand. Praise God. I'm glad I'm in the New Testament church. I'm glad He washed away my sins. I'm glad that happened when I was baptized in Jesus' name. I'm glad He filled me with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Without Him, we would be nothing. We would be lost and undone. Thank you very much. We'll see everybody at 2 o'clock. Have a good break, and we'll see everybody back at 2. Amen. Thank you for listening this morning. There are vegetables out there.